0: 101 podcast, hosted by yours truly, Emily White, author of Interning 101. Hello, welcome to mini episode 11 of the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White. Today, we are going to talk about not fearing the phone. Um, Obviously, that is super relevant in the smartphone digital native era. But I literally remember being in middle school and like babysitting with a friend and being scared to call Domino's pizza. So I don't know if it's inherently human and something you have to grow into. Now I do often conference calls every hour on the hour. So I've obviously gotten over my Domino's pizza fear. But I'm half Gen X, half millennial, I'm definitely not a digital native. So I can't even imagine what it's like growing up just in a world of kind of written communication, you know, via texting and all that. So uh, your fear of the phone, assuming you have one is uh, not weird, (laughs) It seems pretty natural and even more common in the world we live in. But obviously, the phone is super important. So that's what we're going to get into today on today's mini episode. So first up, um, if you are asked to cover the phones at your internship, that's awesome. I loved answering the phone, even when I was like a day to day manager, not even like our office manager. But um, to be fair, uh, the management company I was schooled at the office manager was my best friend. And she also loved working the phones because not that you want to talk their ear off, but you know, when someone calls constant, you know, calls regularly, then when you meet them in person at a concert or industry event, you can be like, oh, I'm Emily from, well, at the time, it would have been my friend, Laura, Laura from Madison House. And then suddenly, you know, the the voice becomes a person and, and you have that real connection. So If you do get asked to cover the phones, that is a good thing. That is not something to take lightly or be taken for granted. And I'm just going to share kind of like the script we put together for our company, um, which is not necessarily applicable to all companies, but I think there's some good rules of thumb in here, especially for music and entertainment companies. So definitely if you're asked to cover the phones, ask what they want you to say and how they want you to handle it because everybody's going to be different, but Maybe it's like, I'm running out or I'm going into this meeting, cover the phones. You know, maybe there isn't time for that. So in that instance, I would answer the company phone by saying, uh, you know, my company, uh, collective entertainment, or, you know, collective entertainment, this is Emily, and presumably the person asks for someone at the company. And then you say, may I ask who's calling? And I know we've talked about in the previous chapter, in, in the previous mini episodes based on chapters. Um, making sure you know the company's roster or clients and and things like that. Because this is where, you know, when you say may I ask who is calling, this is where it greatly benefits you to know the name of the clientele as well as folks in the industry. Mistakes happen, but, uh, you know, if an artist calls and says, yeah, it's first name, don't ask what their last name is because it may seem egotistical, but... I understand it from the client's perspective. It's like, who is this person answering phones at, you know, this company? I I was going to say management company, but it doesn't have to be that. That doesn't know who I am. So please know the clients on the roster. Um, So assuming the person that you're answering the phones for is out, you know, you can say they're out at the moment. May I I take a message? And definitely type whatever they say, um, even if it's just their name, into... Ideally, Slack, pre Slack, um, this was an email. And I've honestly like, it, it, no offense, mom, it could be my mom calling, like I get so inundated during the day, like I really need that written reminder. So just telling the person your mom called or this client called or whatever, um, for me, isn't really good enough. Um, and then I think an, a, a, a great question is, and what is the best number to reach you on? Um, so that way by phrasing the question, especially if it's a client, they're not going to be offended if you don't like know their number. Not everyone has a house line or a cell or whatever, but I think that's, that's a good way to ask that question. Another way the phone is a ridiculously crucial tool is, you know, let me pull this line from our company's intern manifesto. When a team member asks you to do something, they should never have to follow up with you. So if we ask an intern or entry level or really any team member to do something, and a few days go by, and I'm like, you know what, that thing isn't done. Because also, like, I probably haven't written that thing down because I rely on you. You know, we expect all team members to reply to everything within 24 business hours. So um, when I do remember that in the middle of the night or whatever, and I ask, the the, the answer way too often is, I didn't hear back. Which means they sent this person an email and they didn't hear back. That is so not good enough. Um, It is your job to be the end of the line. So depending on the urgency of the task, um, I would follow up with that person maybe via email within twenty four business hours, uh, assuming it's it's external. Um, But by the time you get to that third day, pick up the phone. I promise it's not that scary. Um, The person on the other line uh, is probably understandably overwhelmed by their inbox and uh, by giving them a ring it kind of boosts you to the top of the pile so that fact alone again like it is so unacceptable to say i didn't hear back you need to figure out how to get a response from someone and you know again i like to give people 24 business hours because they're in meetings they have lives they have other things going on so i'm i'm okay with an email follow-up the next day ideally from the same chain, so you're not just adding to their inbox, because that's not helping them to get back to you quickly. Um, And so then on that third day, um, give them a ring, which is not a text message, we're going to get in the text messages. So um, up next, we are going to talk about uh, dialing internationally, Skype and Google Voice. So one of my favorite things about interning abroad just in the UK is that I have never flinched since on dialing internationally. That is just totally ingrained in me. So um, the first thing to learn is um, about country codes. So the United States country code is plus one. Um, And if plus doesn't come up on your smartphone or you're using a landline, I believe on a landline it's zero, zero, and then country code. But don't overthink that, we're just gonna make the privileged assumption that you are on smartphones. Um, So to access plus one or the plus sign on the dial pad, if it doesn't show up, hold down zero and plus will usually come up. So just for sake of ease for this first example, we're gonna pretend you're outside of the US calling a US number. So in that instance, you would do plus one, area code and the number. Overseas, generally speaking, again, I know the UK's system really well, but it's very, very applicable in my experience to almost every country I've dealt with internationally. So, like in the UK, you'll just see an 11 digit number starting with a zero. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream, and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. If you are within that country, I'll even say if you're in France and you're calling within France, then you just type that number and you can include the zero. If you type a number with the country code, then you drop that first zero. Um, and sometimes that's the case on cell phones, mobile phones, um, anyway. So for example, the country code for the UK is 4-4. Four, four. You might have to do plus 4-4, four, four, drop the zero, and then the rest of the number, even if you're within the UK. But those are the two ways to do it. So if you're within the UK, just type the number beginning with the zero. If that doesn't work, do plus four, four and drop the zero. Basically, the zero is the thing you need to pay attention to and drop um, when you're adding the country code to make sure that your call goes through. So um, again, that's a skill I learned in turning abroad that I have taught many people um, in higher positions than I was on my way up. So that's a great skill to have. Skype, I'm sure most people know about Skype. Uh, I actually have been using um, uh, a feature on Skype for a long time, probably at least 14 years, uh, called Skype Out. And that's actually how we make all of our international calls. So I swear I put on like $10, put $10 on my Skype Out account and that lasts me like all year. Um, so with your Skype out account, I used that this morning to call someone in the UK, you can dial real numbers, and it charges you like a really, really low fee. So I do that very often in professional situations, instead of asking for people's Skype names. Um, that's how we do international dialing to save us, save us money. There's other ways to do it, but that's how we do it. And finally, Google Voice. Um, I don't think this is like... Sharing anything too personal. Um, Google Voice has been my office line for a really long time. Um, I mean, I did have a landline for a while, but I just wasn't really using it. So, Google Voice for the most part points to my cell phone. This hasn't happened for a while, but say I'm working at my parents' house or somewhere else, you can point a Google Voice number to any phone that you want. Um, And that also protects a little bit of privacy on your cell phone. So, that's some info on dialing internationally Skype. And Google Voice. So now we're gonna talk about good old texting. And, you know, in, in Interning 101, the book is not even that old. And, you know, my thoughts on this have have evolved. Texting is, <laughs> there's nothing we can do about this. Texting is out of control. It's to the point that, unless it's urgent, I pretty much only answer text messages in the morning when I'm working. And I do it on my laptop via iMessage because it's just getting crazy. So keep that in mind when you're sending text messages, because like anything, you want it to get read. So, you know, if you're trying to get a hold of someone, and you send them an email, you know, don't send a text right away. I again, I would give them 24 business hours. And same with same with your boss, if you have a question, and it is not urgent, contact them in Slack, if the company does not use Slack, contact them via email. Um, Because chances are, no offense, your intern question is not urgent and text messages generally make noise, there's notifications, um, they're distracting. So you don't wanna irritate your supervisor, even though of course you wanna get your tasks done as quickly as possible, but just know that they might have more urgent things to do. So um, you should really only be contacting your supervisor via text um, if it's urgent, or it's kind of off site, you know, at an event like, hey, I'm at this concert, where are you? So let's talk about conference calls. This part in the book is called Conference Calls and Meetings, but it's, it's really about conference calls. So um, if you are asked to uh, sit in on a conference call, say yes. We do that a lot. So interns can get more comfortable on the phone, more comfortable with uh, conference calls and formats and frankly, the responsibility of showing up. Do not participate unless you are asked to participate. I hate to be like, you know, speak when spoken to, but um, we, you know, it's a, it is a privilege for you to be on those conference calls. So, you know, you're there to learn and understand those nuances. Um, I'm always really impressed when an intern takes notes on a conference call and they haven't been, been asked to do so. Um, so that's, that's probably going to go a long way, no matter what be mindful of background noise. Um, Someone will probably call you out on that or you'll hear hear others call. I was called out the other day. Frankly, I was walking out of a yoga class into like a construction zone in New York City. So in that instance, you're going to want to go on mute, especially as an intern, you're probably just going to want to mute yourself the whole time. So that way you can take your notes and you're not distracting and there isn't background noise. And also, um, another reason like, We're talking about this and you want to be on conference calls is, again, you want to learn etiquette and things like that. So I was on a super fancy conference call once when I was at Live Nation Artists before I started my first company. And I remember, I have no problem saying who this is, Um, Bob Ezrin, uh, you know, check out his Wikipedia, Wikipedia if you don't know who he is. He was leading the call. He produced Pink Floyd's The Wall, amongst many other things, no big deal. Someone was definitely breathing really heavily into the phone. I mean, obviously they didn't realize they were doing it, but we didn't know who it was. But Bob's like, "Uh, whoever is heavily breathing, can you please stop? You don't want to be the heavily breathing person. Um, And the person did stop. They definitely like realized it was them. But again, like the the younger you can learn this stuff, the better so you are comfortable in your 20s and beyond uh, when you're in these situations. So uh, the last thing... I'm going to say about conference calls is just being mindful of, um, of sidebar conversations. So this is something I think our team at collective entertainment is really good at. Um, If it's, if it's starting to be like, you know, I'm just going to use an example. If my business partner, Melissa and I start talking about something and it's, and we start to veer off, one of us will say, you know what, let's just take that conversation offline. Um, so just be mindful when you start to get into the granular details of, um, uh, of a conversation within a conference call that, you know, some things should be separate conversations because, you know, like if it's a group of five or 10 or whatever, they don't need to hear every nuance that Melissa and I have to say on an, about an artist that we co-manage. Um, I mean, quickly just to expand on that, like at collective, we do a monthly standup call. So, maybe Melissa and I are giving an update on Taurus, who we co manage, and we start to veer off into details on that. Everyone doesn't need to know the details of Melissa and I sorting something out or even scheduling something between us. So, keep that in mind. And one last thing on conference calls this is more on like meetings in general, but I'm really hardcore and mindful of not wasting meetings or conference calls. So we do, as I just mentioned, we do a monthly stand-up call at Collective Entertainment. Quickly, a stand-up is is definitely a startup tech phrase. Um, You don't actually have to stand up. You can if you want. Um, You say uh, what you've accomplished since the last call, what you're hoping to accomplish before the next stand-up meeting, and if you foresee any blockers. Uh, But my point is on that is... um, You know, I really don't even like weekly calls. There is one artist that we do a weekly call with because she's amazing, but not always the great at getting back to us. So that's helped her workflow. But I feel like every company, every project is different. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, if you're doing weekly calls, you don't just want it to be a thing on the calendar. You want to make sure it has substance. So that's one reason I do our collect, I mean, we do our collective entertainment calls once a month. Um, but I also really like expect people to show up to that, you know, with full energy and and be really present. I'd rather have like an amazing call once a month than do weekly calls that, you know, only half the team shows up to. So, those are my thoughts on not fearing the phone. Um, I think that I think I said that was mini episode eleven of the Interning One Hundred and One podcast. And next week you will have. I believe, a full episode. We're getting into holiday season. So um, we're going to do a bunch of mini episodes over the holiday and then have a very special episode to kick off the new year. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends, tell your professors, and we will catch you next time on the Interning 101 podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White. You can follow us anytime over on Twitter at Interning 101, as well as on our website, interning101.com. I'm on Twitter at at EMWizzle. Hit us up anytime if you have questions, comments, guest suggestions, or just want to get something off your mind. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.